0: Hi, I'm Justin King and welcome to the Blue Chip Academy. As a five star recruit, all Big Ten corner, NFL vet, and Power 5 recruiting coordinator, I understand the emotions that go along with the recruiting process. The Blue Chip Academy is here to provide education, critical insights, and mentorship through the recruiting process for families and athletes alike. When athletes and their families have proper education and guidance, they're able to make better decisions and set themselves up for long-term success. Blue Chip Academy provides the resources and information that empowers athletes to create their own blue chip blueprint and take ownership of their careers. Blue Chip Academy exists because when athletes and their families are armed with the right information, they're able to make the decisions for themselves that positively impact their future. Again, I'll be your host, Justin King, and welcome to Blue Chip Academy. So let's talk about a little bit of time at Princeton. What were the major differences that you experienced when you got to Princeton versus being at somewhere like Penn State? Whether it's the players, yeah. the operation, like how was that?
1: Well, it's you know first things first, Princeton athletics. I mean, it's a it's really, it's a really great thing it, it now, um, but back then, like the support there, I think they had some losing seasons. Um, so like football and athletics as general is kind of viewed as like the biology department. It's like a department. And I never felt like that. You know, that's just me being honest. I never felt like that at Penn State, like, it's a Penn State football, like, everything circled, everything everything here, rotated
0: around us. Yeah,
1: exactly. So here, you know, like, you're, you got all these roadblocks, so you don't have meeting rooms. So you're dealing with the facilities guy who doesn't work on the weekends, but you have, you know, meetings to do like you, you work around everyone else. I've never experienced that. And You know, continuing in my career, being at Brown, being at UConn, Penn State, even, well, not Penn State that much, but, you know, the level of support varies from stop to stop, from where administration sees you, athletic department, and where the university perceives and and feels about where your football program and where athletics is in general. So that was kind of a culture shock that, you know, Princeton football wasn't the number one thing on campus. Obviously, it's not, but. It's number one school in the world, university wise. So where does football rank in there? So that was, you know, and it's all about fighting to make them care about your program and and show that you have really impressive kids here who can who can knock it in the classroom and can be successful on the field. Like this is a great thing to showcase, and you know, fighting for that support and supporting those players. So. That was, that was pretty eye opening. Was
0: there any difference with the players? I mean, you mentioned if the whole university and everyone else kind of coming there is like kind of is academically focused. Like, how were the players? Like, did they? I mean, it's like, just real quick, when we, we recruited guys, like, you knew some guys were like, man, I'm coming here to play football. Like, and I'm trying to go to the NFL. And like, that was just sometimes oh too lopsided. But I would imagine that the players that are coming there, did they care as much about football or was it?
1: Like, what was it just it? depends. Okay. It depends. You We talk about that, that, that 50-50 that Andy talks about. It was definitely more academics. So maybe it's, and you know, it varies with each person. But I would say the team, seven, 65, 35 academics, like that's why they're there. Let's be honest. And it's, and it's hard. But I will tell you the demands from a football perspective are still – as high as they are other places.
0: And that's what um, I was wondering. So like, if guys have labs or anything, it's like, yeah, I'm going to lab. I can't make practice. Like, was that happening a lot or?
1: Sometimes, I mean, look, academics does, there's less wiggle room out of academic uh, obligations so that you you don't see, you know, scheduling and some stuff. Like if somebody is to miss practice for a lab, you know, you try to avoid it on the front end, obviously when you schedule, but if this is the kid's major, he's going to miss practice once a week. like. It is what it is. what it is. Um there's no postseason, like there are some hard rules that they're not bending.
0: Like like when we used like, to schedule our classes, like you could not have a class in the fall after two o'clock. Like I mean, after one o'clock, like correct. Just, I mean, you're just not allowed. So
1: it's just not happening. You yeah. You can't do it. <laughs> so they you know, they they do their best to have those parameters, but you know, there's there's one offs that some guys have to miss. Not often, but Look, they're they're as serious as every other program, though. That's what I will say. The quality of football is still very good. The coaching is very good, and you know the resources aren't. If, if there are more resources in that league, it, it could blow up. Like I can,
0: I can see that. I can see that. I mean, there's a lot. They, they produce yeah. a lot of. I mean, whether it's talent with Ryan Fitzpatrick or just front office talent with Andrew yeah. Berry, um, or I mean, coaches. I mean, a lot of guys come from the come from the Ivy leagues and obviously, you know, different personnel owners, they respect that level of education. And like what you're saying, it's a true balance of having to take care of the academics and with the rigors of the football program or requirements that you need to meet there are still on point. Were there any different movements that you saw from the players when you were working there that they were taking advantage of that Princeton ecosystem that was maybe different than you saw at Penn state versus when we worked there and when you were on the team?
1: Oh, you're talking like alumni, alumni, or
0: just even how the or, players interacted with alumni, or like the opportunities that they yes. were trying to take advantage of. Like, oh, h- like how was so, that in comparison?
1: Oh, it's it's one of the most impressive things I've ever seen. Uh, my stops at Princeton and Brown. Oh, give it we, to us. Let
0: us know what it is, because because a lot of guys, I think, when they get that, like a, I mean, I've always been a proponent. Like, man, if you can't go do, like, go to Ivy League school and get that offer, like commit,
1: absolutely. Like you talk, you talk about uh, taking care of your own. Um, these, these alums are so invested in the program, not just financially, but their time, they come back and give workshops and, and actually, you know, like professional development round tables, like they have a bunch of career days, um, and they, they, they talk about all the different, um, industries you could go in. So they get a representative from all different industries. Uh, and these dudes are CEOs, like these very, very successful people, as you can imagine, um. And the internships are, are are so vast during the summers, um, and and the opportunities are, are are always there. They always take care of their own, and there's mentor programs where a player will get paired up with somebody in their field that they're interested in, and they have constant communication, and then they always check up on it. And it's everyone. The placement after school is is. Phenomenal.
0: So it's not just a matter of playing football and just kinda going through it. It's, it's like well no, it's, beyond. you're really uh, ingrained. One of my good friends, <clears throat> Evan I also, Ali. What's up, Ali? But uh he went to Princeton to play corner. We came out the same year and you know, he would come to the Penn State games and but he talks about like the different um like directories that they have where they have like like meet and greets at the end, and it's just like you have to be in Princeton to kinda of get in there and do the different stuff. So
1: it's extremely exclusive it's very exclusive because everyone is focused on the same thing and like making the NFL, that's, that's a bonus, but it's, you know, you get into the programs and it's setting you up for your career outside of football at those schools. That's where the, the focus is. It's figuring out what you want to do, getting you with people in the, in in the professional fields. Um, I have never seen anything like it. It's, it's pretty amazing.
0: So what's a, give me a, give me an example of a program that maybe can be, implemented at power five universities. Cause even Penn state, you know, we uh, market or we used to market a lot of the highest paying dues alumni. Everyone's active. You can get in touch. And I mean, I made all my connections are a lot of connections post football, post sports from alumni associations or alumni connections, but like how give me some, an example of maybe something they can adopt from the Ivy league that they facilitate that.
1: Yeah. So I think it's about having, you know, getting the local guys on campus. I think that's the easiest way to get with the players and run these professional type of um, workshops, not just like a, not just kind of a career fair type of thing, but something deeper where there's there's connection between. So I, I think there's a lot of power in these mentor programs. Um, you get alumni, I think Power Five, get people who want to be involved who want to help in the industry. Like, I want to help these kids. Like, I want to help Penn State players. I want to help all players um, who want to work in the field. Like, I pair me up with somebody who's interested in, like, kids don't know what they don't know. So, like, what field you want to get into? What field you don't want to get into? They need that exposure. And I think hearing it from former players who've been in those seats, who've been in the program you've been through, and who care, who have that passion to help you got to have that aligned. Um, so I think making meaningful programs, nights, nights into days, like I think those type of uh, events, can, and you have a couple throughout the year. I think those are the most powerful. And to have that consistent communication through the year, it, it would be huge.
0: I can't agree more, man. So if you guys ever need anything at UConn, you can call me and LIG Sports Group. We can talk about it. I'm not a alum. Well, but we got you. those are the type of things that we're trying to do here in the sense of, Showing that you can go yeah. through the process and when guys come back to help connect those dots in a trustworthy way because I think we even all power five universities, even when you look to, I don't know if you guys do this so I don't know if I'm taking a shot, but like some schools that are putting out the luxury cars, doing the visits and, you know, having the guys taking nah. pictures and like, you know, the Lamborghinis and to each his own, right? We just don't... I don't like that the same people that set it up are the same ones that make fun of kids when 30 for 30 broke comes out or when guys have different right. modes that they want to go into. It's like, yeah, NIL is great, but like I've talked to a lot of coaches. was like, man, I'm not recruiting a kid that has all this different stuff. It's like, we're trying to figure out if he loves the game. Like We have to deal with this guy, you know, throughout this process. And one of the major points, I remember me going through the recruiting process that was like a sticking thing that was always like, wow is when you saw people not really go off and become CEOs and come back because somewhere at Penn state, like it happens a lot, but it typically wasn't the star players that were doing it. Like the guys that were balling. So like when you like, when your number one goal right. is to play and to do your thing, it's like, but he didn't play. So like, why is he talking to me? Or he just walked on. Cause like, I think it does happen sometimes, but it's like when you're coming from like a place like Princeton or something like, Oh, the CEO of this company, it's like, Oh, I'm, I'm here for this. Let I me mean, listen to what he has to say. But at Power Five universities, typically it's the NFL guys,
1: yeah. Right?
0: Like the NFL guys that come back, yeah. I, whatever. I had a lot of jewelry at one point, but like come back with all the jewelry, come back and it's a little bit that becomes the billboard of what's produced. And then like so, the mentality of a lot of the guys on the team, if they're not already, if they don't already have that mentality of I'm coming here to get this, this, and this is where this all fits in, it gets disjointed to obviously work harder to get to the NFL, get on the field and do all those different things that you need to do. But the main thing that you're referring to at these, you know, Ivy league schools where it's like the facilitation of getting like a 30, 40 year career job that makes a lot more. That's
1: where they funnel it. Yeah.
0: So I think that's impressive. I mean, just, I mean, I think all power five universities need to even get into that standpoint. And I mean, that's, one of the whys of why we st- why I started L I G sports group is just like, oh no, you can go through both, because I believe in having an acceleration plan. So I do not feel like it's fair to tell a, a kid that has the dreams or aspirations of playing either D one level or going to any prof- professional level in sports and say that, well, what are you gonna do after this? Like how like how do you work on something when you're trying to get to the top one percent in this thing? You know what I mean? But like in that pursuit of that top 1% or in that pursuit of this anomaly type of area that you can get into, get into professional sports or a D1 football player or whatever, anywhere in that space, you're exposed to so many different avenues of business, of commerce. Like we talk about logistics. I mean, working at the XFL league office, like the whole thing is like logistics and strategy. Like, it's like, all right, where's the, where's the water? Where's the Pepsi? Where's the, the, like, everything is about building out a business. And then like the product is the product. And sometimes in college we lose track of how much it is a business because obviously the players don't get paid the way they should or whatever. But I mean, that's, just, that's not the point of this conversation. You guys know how I feel about that. but but you, you know what I'm saying? Like where that, those are like different opportunities to kind of fill in those gaps. Cause I, sometimes I, I wonder cause I mean, I'll see guys now committing to schools and nothing against James Madison or D1AA programs, but, like, I'll see guys committing there. Like, I'll be here for the next three years going to the NFL. I'm like, whoa. Like, how are you? Like, you're thinking about, like, not that you can't go to NFL from James Madison, but that's a pretty wild thing to put in your commit. Like, only going to be here for three years. Like, oh. So you think of the 276 guys that get drafted? Like, Oh, all right. Like that's cool. I mean, I'm I'm all good for confidence, right? I'm not I'm not yeah. pushing anything, but it's just a level. No, of I know. Where do we put the game in the process? Because sometimes I think the schools facilitate it. I mean, the local handlers or trainers facilitate. Focus on like you got to focus on it to get there. But that's why I, was, I believe that it needs to have an acceleration plan in that focus. What what unique perspective are you getting that other people aren't getting? because we got a lot of different viewpoints on the business from just being Penn State football players that when we transitioned out we were like oh this is kind of we know how these things work at the highest level so we know like the business behind it like and you don't <laughs> like and you start seeing some people that may not exactly. you know and it's a nice opportunity even for i think athletes in any athletes in general to like have an interest in the sports business, because it's not just coaching. It's not just being a general manager. Like there's like true operations, there's marketing, there's, uh, there's brand development. Like now NIL is coming out. There's different type of service providers where you actually have, you're the, you're the specialist in this, in this process, right? right? Like
1: you've lived it. Like that is the rarest thing for you to live the experience. Um, Going like the players now going through NIL, going through the recruiting process, going through a football program, probably coaching changes like you're you're dealing with things for, as a firsthand account. So you think about that and when you're done, your playing careers done, you go into real the real world with those rare, unique opportunities. How do you leverage that into a profession to make it natural? I think. Cause, no,
0: I, you're right. Because yeah. I, I don't think it's a given. I think that's the one thing that athletes, I mean, if you get from this, yeah. it's not just, we're not saying just because you're an athlete, you can do these things, but it's an opportunity to build on this nice foundation to make you a dynamic, outlier type of pr- candidate, entrepreneur, or anything pretty quickly if you pay attention, you know, to the different aspects that you're getting and, and you're building up. Because, I mean, I realized it when I got into corporate America a little bit and it was just like, oh. Like these are the high oh, you don't you don't like seeing your your uh your own film when it's bad or it's like you just start seeing different
1: yeah advantages that kind you of,
0: have. Right? Like
1: when I when I got into this industry, like when I was 23, 24, three, twenty four, I'm at some of these football operations conferences and you know, and I'm I'm seeing these the speakers and, and you know, their backgrounds and things. I have a widely different perspective than them. I'm like I got a chance at this i come at it with a with a a former player who who paid attention to these things and how they work and how the how the student athlete is going to be affected i mean that's powerful so like that's that's how i leverage i continue to stay in this my, my perspective is still super unique to a lot of people i mean
0: athletic directors uh, i i mean there's so many different areas because we're talking about, we're yeah. talking about an industry that's Worth a billion dollars. I mean, multi billion dollars, right? Even when you get up into the NFL or different things of that nature. So it's like when athletes kind of, I don't know, shoot themselves in the foot going through it, we try to, I try to really reiterate, I mean, the entry point into your career is not that far from the ending of your recruiting process. And it's all the same people. You know what I mean? So like if you go through the recruiting process like an asshole and, or you just like kind of operate in some type of way. Like you're blocking off so many different opportunities because like it's
1: going to follow you it's
0: going to follow you so fast because like we know how it is in a staff meet. like we, we talk about the recruits yeah. like and even if the, i didn't spend time with them and everybody else did like and they talk about player x like i'm thinking about player yeah. x this way you know what i mean and like
1: right it's already built so like if that, i'm yeah. going to
0: a school or someone's asking me about player x i'm like man all i know is somebody said he was an asshole like i mean even I'm not going to talk I'm not going to say yep. the names but like there's there's like draft picks or people that are coming up now where it's just like you hear about different rumors or like oh he had character issues and this person had character issues and I'm like there's players that when when we were there like my interns would come back like yo this guy isn't is a jerk like this guy's whatever and you know and or how that gets matriculated to the media when it comes out there and like the things that follow you around and to get those jobs like it's in your scouting report. And like the people that are reading the scouting report are talking to HR, like the people that are talking to HR and talking to the coaches. And it's like, but it starts at like 14 years old. That's all it guys.
1: It really does. And it's hard for a 14 year old to understand. It's hard for an 18 year old to understand that. Now we have the, the benefit of hindsight, but like, that's what we're here for. That's what you're doing now is like, we're putting, putting game on for these, for the kids. like, Start now. Start now, because this is a it starts now. this
0: is a great opportunity. I mean, it wasn't until, I mean, obviously, I was a, my, my dad was an athletic director and a high school head coach, so I was like, all right, I have a unique view, so I was like a new, unique perspective. But it wasn't until like my second year at Penn State, where I met Lewis Riddick at a pro day, just to introduce myself, like, yo, what's up? I mean, love what you're doing. Like, any advice? I mean, him, Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin, but this specifically with Lewis Riddick, he was the first person that was saying like this position is made, like these positions are made for you. Like he was the first person like as an athlete, because like when I transitioned out of the game and tried to get back into football, I'll tell everybody here, I got denied like 80 times eight zero not eight not 1880 so that's like sending letters to everybody i have i do have the rejection letters like i have the reasons and all those different things and sometimes in colleges sometimes even my alma mater like but it ended up working out there but that's same. It. <laughs> <laughs> but like it, like we just in different places whether it's tapping back into different resources and i was like the door was shut in my face and i was like yeah I was, it messed me up like like it messed me up pretty heavy and I like got a game plan. I was like, I'm going to corporate America, get this. And I started seeing the the different things that happened there. I got an opportunity and I worked at ATI and ideal physical therapy where we went through a transition where the company got acquired. And so it was like a startup culture, but it was in the medical field. So I had, you know, front row seats to like the CEO the VP and everything. So we're, they're coming to Dallas in a new market. And I'm like the guy that's giving the SWOT analysis. I'm giving all these different stuff. And like, as I'm breaking down the different areas and the different offices or the different doctors and like the just I'm like, man, this is like, this is like personnel to an extent. Like when we're like, working <laughs> down this, I was yeah. like, no, I have like all this, like, you know, corporate stuff that like they're like feeing me going to these different sales trainings. And I'm like, and my, my dad comes down to recruit a player and I like, go to a high school with them like as they're going to practice just to watch and see like oh like let me see exactly what they're doing I'm like he's talking to the coach he's talking like you do what I do like I was like hold on hold on I was like it's the same, it's the thing. same thing I was like oh I need to get back into sports I, like, I could take this converge all my personnel background and like, unique experiences and get back into the yep. game
1: the cool thing when you got to Penn State when I was there I mean we talked a lot and we talked a lot about outside of the game stuff and how the parallels of, I don't know, our former lives, our outside lives, how it connected. I think that's where we had a really strong connection, just talking about the other stuff.
0: I think it brings, I, I try to tell guys, all the time, I mean, it just brings a level of dynamic qualities or just perspectives onto the game because like when you're working in football or working in sports, it becomes like a, like a echo chamber, right? Like, I, I mean, you don't really have time to watch the news. Like you're not really in tune with different things. Like, cause I mean, the average span of a a staff is three years in in power five. So like these guys that are making six figures, million dollars, like there's pressure. Like, so like there's a reason that there's like a hyper focus. But when you start looking at other things or how this operation is ran or how this operation is ran or you just come from corporate American there's a little bit more red tape that you have to go around. And then you start seeing how people operate over here versus operate here. And it's like, wait, why are we doing this over here? Cause we had the same situation at the XFL, you know, at the league office, you know, Vince and Oliver, they had, they brought different people in that never worked in football before. Right. I mean, even my guy, Sam Schwartzman, who changed the rules, he had a, he was very smart, uh, a football mind and all those different things, but it was like his first legit football job. And now he's working at Amazon prime Amazon doing the analytics on Thursday nights, but he brought his product development from Chegg in Silicon Valley to the process, so they were looking for everybody with these different external factors because the whole point was to reimagine football. So I just thought that was like a really cool thing because it was like throwing things up against the wall and seeing what's stuck. And like we've all like the the idea of like we've always done this or this industry standard didn't exist. Yeah. So like it was like exactly. So we're challenging everybody. We're challenging Bob Stoops. We're challenging J- Jerry Glanville. Oh, you're gonna you're gonna do you're gonna blitz like this? I was like, well, if you only have twenty five seconds, how are you gonna get the personnel? And you start realizing that everybody's just kind of operating off these different fact patterns that they've been closed in. And like, you don't want any other fact patterns that kind of have come from the outside to kind of give anything. Cause it might invalidate what you're saying. You might have to change your, your steez on how you operate and different things like that. But no, I think we did. And I think it's very important for guys, even when they are transitioning out to get, I think there's value in working in corporate America for a little bit. Like I, I, I really, I really do. I'm, I don't think it's, a requirement for everyone. You know what I mean? Like I've gotten to arguments where people like, oh, you have to work outside to get back in because it's hard to get back in. Like, you know what I mean? So I think it's easy that if you're going into it and starting to show your value or that you want to work in football, like that's the one thing I think I missed. I know I always wanted to be a general manager, work in football early, but at the same time, as a player, I was still a player first, so like I didn't like going upstairs. Like I didn't want to go upstairs and talking to the coaches. Like I didn't want to. I wasn't asking. Like I'm like man, that's you telling on people. Like I, I just it messed up with however it was, but I didn't take full advantage of those different type of relationships. I stayed in my like I would challenge coaches in the sense of like, hey, yo, yo, scrap, put me on. Ooh, what are we doing this week from a X and O standpoint? But like, they still viewed me as that player that was kind of like this. Like, I never really positioned myself, like, even coming with the information I was coming with, I never positioned, like, yo, this is what I want to do afterwards. So, this is why I'm talking right. to you about it. Because, I mean, look at Fessler. You know what I'm saying? He's the OC at Fest. Yeah. You know I mean? the Fest. You know I mean? Shout out to Fess. But, like, I remember him yeah. being a walk-on coming up in, like, the second, third year. I was yep. like, ah, yo, Jomo, let me help out with these cars. Let me do this, all these good things. And exactly. it was, like, early, and he gets a start. Now he's got, now he was able to use the advantage of even being a walk-on at somewhere like Penn State getting right. the experience, jumping into the game, and now here he is, 26-year-old offensive coordinator. And I tell guys all the time.
1: Exactly. If
0: you can't go to the NFL after the second year, man, get that student assistant job, man. Coaches is out here hiring.
1: Yeah, he started that. It's crazy because, like, Fessler, he started that as, as a young sophomore. And, you know, he left a huge impression to just the way he signaled. Like, he added value. And he added value to our team, to Jomo. And he stayed with Jomo. He was at Ohio State as a GA Oh, no, see it accurate. Like 26. He saw it. He had the vision at 26. Uh, he had the vision as a student. But he like, was able to leverage it right said. there,
0: right? Like you leverage exactly. the opportunities and it, and it all comes in. It, it, it definitely comes in from the standpoint of like, I think your perspective of when you're coming in as a recruit, like, cause that's where it starts. Cause I think there's a misconception that when you get to college that you're going to develop, that's what I, like I tell people that all the time. I mean, the development stops when I hate to say it, but the development stops when you get to college. Like if you go to the NFL, like the, like there's things that happen subconsciously as you continue to mature, but in terms of intentional development and certain things, because I mean, you got to get on the field. I gotta, I gotta take care of my body. I gotta do this. I gotta do that. So like any type of baggage that you brought into high school is typically sticking with you. And if you go to the NFL I mean, money solves a lot of problems that like, oh, well, I, I, I can figure that out with this. I can figure out that with that. And you don't really get hit in the face until you leave the game. But a lot of times when guys are coming in where it's in its right bucket, you can see the different opportunities that you can take advantage of and like really like, like really massage it until so where you make that easy transition out. Because like that's the one common thread that I've seen from a lot of people that I interviewed on the show is that the people that went into the college game, Knowing that they were almost playing with house money, like the outcomes, like were, not that they were much different, but it was like, I mean, you can see they were doing very well, but versus someone that maybe like came in with a lot of pressure, like Derek. He, I remember him mentioning that he, like, looking back, like, he just wished he wasn't the number one player, like in the country. And I was like, wow, that's a very insightful thing because. Yeah. He was just so engulfed in that. And, you know, now he's killing it in the entrepreneurial world and is a, you know, in a medical sales or just orthopedic sales and all that good stuff. But just him seeing all the different things that he had to get, like obviously he had the competitiveness and he put those blo- those blocks back in place. But he talks about like, man, I could have made this so much easier because all this stuff was afforded to us here, but I just wasn't paying attention. And like and I was into my like I was ignorant to the fact of like the tactical things that you needed to do to make that known that you wanted to do something else like, right. Like, I mean, I was going out with the scouts when they would come up. So I'm like, well, I'm talking to you guys every year. Like, I mean, obviously this is what I want to do. Like, but you got to put yourself out there a little bit more. And sometimes as an athlete,
1: we're not, we're not
0: groomed to do that because it's a meritocracy.
1: Right. And, and it's crazy. Cause like I had obviously coming as a walk on, I didn't, I had the total opposite uh, perspective because I saw, it wasn't happening for me on the field. I keep, you know, I'm working hard, but I see they bring in new scholarship receivers in every year who's getting opportunities and opportunities. I said, okay, I got to pivot a little bit. I got to take advantage of outside this building and in the building. So I'm working with TK academic center, like working on internships, working on carving my path outside of the game. So you know, you you, you got to have awareness, I think. I think looking in the mirror, knowing who you are, knowing what possible outcomes. I'm not saying um, to give up your dreams or anything, but I think you've always got to check in and be honest with yourself and, and try to give yourself the most options for you. So if you go for one, you could land on a net of, of another option. That's it's about keeping yourself with the most options possible.
0: And I love that because that's exactly what I mean when I like that acceleration plan. Like, because everything that you're doing in the sport, don't think about something being a, a fallback. Like, love football or love gym, like, love tennis, love golf, and have, you know, something else. Like, whether I'm talking to a kid and I'm like, yeah, what do you want to do after f- football or sports? It's like, I want to get in the business. I'm like, that sounds cool. You know you're entering a billion-dollar business right now. So, like, we can start getting yeah. this experience Like at this moment, like, like recruiting and personnel, all those different things like that, HR supply chain of human capital is, I mean, that's big business in general. Right. Like, I mean, even from the standpoint that the things that they're going through, I mean, I tell a story about helping Glassdoor with their CPO role and just dealing with different um, executives and like that process to get like a $400,000 job in corporate America is way less stringent then the process for like a 14, 15, 16 year old to get a scholarship offer. Cause like that evaluation process is three to four years to get a job. It might be two to three months, like seriously. And like the different things that you can learn through the process and kind of gear up to take off when you get into corporate America or wherever your professional career leads you. Do you have anybody that was like the most influential? I think through this process, whether it was transition out of game or while you were at Penn state. Hmm.
1: That's a good question. No, I got to be honest with you, because, you know, when my senior year is when all the people, like our coaching staff got, it was the the scandal and everything. So usually it's all who you know, um, who you can lean on and people hire from within, who they played, who who they coached. Um, And I lost that whole ecosystem. So I kind of felt on an island. And there was a new coaching staff at Penn State. after I graduated, so I didn't know any of them. I didn't know the next staff, so it, I felt lost, honestly. So it was it was all about trying to break back through. I knew like my experiences would catch up um, from the experiences I had, but this is all who you know in this industry, especially breaking in, who's gonna take a chance on you. And when I had really nobody in my corner, it was a challenge. So that that probably was a part of those two years that helped me get in. Um, probably why I got in at a ten thousand dollar job, but it kept me hungry, kept me going, and you know the people I rely on now in this industry are people I worked with, people I worked for, not really people from when I was a player, to be honest with you. um So that's a little unique from my experience. No, that's
0: I mean I think that's true. I mean we talk about that circle of trust. When people are hiring you, it's not really about just knowing you. It's like all right, I got I trust you. Like where's your evidence of impact yeah. that you can do this because like you understand in the back end or being a DFO and running the whole operation. Like if I tell assistant X or director X to do this, like I just need you to do it a through Z and like know exactly the context that it needs to be done and different things of that nature. So from your, from my, from your perspective, from a DFO's, DFO's perspective and you're building a staff, you have a, I mean, you're the, you're the chief intelligence officer of a football machine, right? What are some, what would be some advice that you would give to upcoming coaches in the industry to kind of make the most out of this career or even someone working in the back end recruiting football ops to continue to move up in a successful way?
1: Yeah, I think it's all about adding value, adding your personal value. How do you differentiate yourself to support the team, whether that's supporting, um, supporting on the field? Like you got to be unique in, in what you bring and maybe that's your work ethic. Maybe that's a, a certain skill with Excel. How you do, how you evaluate players? Like, who are now you? You hit something with that like, Excel what,
0: thing, but go ahead. My bad.
1: <laughs> yeah, like there's so many. Like that's that corporate thing. But who are you, and, and what can you bring to the organization? Like, uh, like there's so many people that want to be in this, in this, in this field. It's it's a grind. It's a challenge, but. Um, what do you bring? What differentiates you from the people from the hundreds of resumes that, that line up? Like, is it how you communicate with players? Is it your communication skills with the staff? Like, who are you? What has your experience turned you into and how you can, how you can help a head coach? Where's your value? Like, that's, that's what you got to ask yourself. And that's kind of how you, you need to, to sell yourself when going to an organization. Like, what are you bringing? Who are you?
0: are you? And I think that's we,
1: what do you care, do you about? care about? And these like, are yeah. all the
0: same questions that you have to ask yourself in this NIL process yeah. when you're going through it. And so like a lot of times players aren't asking themselves that when they're going through the game or when they're leaving. Cause like, I mean, I don't really care who I need to, I need to score these tuts. I need to stop him from scoring his tuts. I need to make this tackle. I need to make this touchdown. Even if I need to graduate or even if I get a good GPA or all those different things, you're not positioning yourself like where my value is outside of this game. And like, you can really start to figure it out if you know what you want to do, especially in the NIL space, because guys yeah, get to build a brand or I want to do this off the field. And I'm like, it's great for professional branding, because as you're moving up, you can articulate what you want to do. You can start putting yourselves in in those type of situations and you can start self, sort of self-correcting just behaviors. Because like, if I want to be a GM or if I want to work as if I'm coming in as a, a recruit and I want to be a DFO like Goody. I'm probably going to operate different around Goody. Like, I'm probably going to ask certain questions differently yeah. around Goody versus like, oh, Goody's just a guy that books the planes and does all those contracts. So like, he's not my coach. Like, whatever. But really, like, it's pretty pretty cool opportunity to like tap on that type of knowledge and different things in that realm because I mean, there's 50 positions in the back end of football programs, like on the low end, right, and. A lot of times, just don't disqualify yourself, man, when you're going through this process, yeah. you
1: know? So. I always say, like, when you're building value, like, think of, think of as a player, as a staff member, like, you're in the hiring process. If I'm in the hiring process for, you know, an equipment manager, uh, a recruiting staff member strength, like, you're gonna talk about, all right, well, well you try to envision them in their, in the space and, and, and them interacting with the players, interacting with the staff. W- why are they on the staff like well how do they make us better same thing you're talking about a player like what does he what does he give you how many plays is he going to give you uh is he dependable does he know does he know the plays? is going to catch the ball like that's how you're being described so if you could align if you have the self-awareness and you build yourself into aligning with what like if you're working on what uh you want them to talk to you about or or to call you about, I lost my train of thought there. Yeah, you're all good. Cut this out. Know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I do though. do know what you're saying. Like you want to align with with who you're trying to be, with what they want you to be, or what they rely on you for.
0: And you're right; it has to be authentic because, like, the faking of the aspect, is yes. it's hard, especially for football play. I mean, for players, because you're coming out, and there's a level of aggression that comes with things. And like, yes, some stuff to you, right? And when you coming, like, when you're coming out, sometimes I I've seen players whether they want to transition and work. They try to act a certain type of way, like I think this is how they want it to be, and then like they end up stripping all the special sauce yeah, you off of them, right? And it's like, who yeah. is this guy? Like, is he even confident in what he's doing? Because it's like, and then it's a catch twenty two sometimes. Because if you come in with like the attitude or brash, you know, mannerisms, then some people get feel a little insecure. And it, it's a perfect around. balance. It's, it's a balance, and that's that's the learning and the, the curve process because just a lot of opportunities that we can use in just the sports ecosystem. And you can learn a lot just from working in the business. I mean, of, of sports. Yes. So, no, this has been great, man. we like to end it off with one of my favorite quotes, man. There's no passion to be found playing small and settling for a life that is less than the one that you are capable of living from. Yes. And that's what I think these guys like, when we talk about acceleration plans, like, yo, you can have an opportunity to love what you do, man. When I got to Xbox, I mean, that was my dream job. I'm mean, like, it's like, oh, it's evaluation. I'm dealing with this. We're talking about branding. We're talking about, oh, how did they do it at the exit? How did you build up the brand of Steve Co- Stone Cold, Steve Austin, or Razor? Like, it was just like, yeah. like, whoa. And then right before the NIL stuff hits, it's like, oh, this is exactly, you know, what this game is. And just seeing all the different opportunities, and I think it's a great time for guys going through the recruiting process or just in college. That, that this This whole sports ecosystem is for us. I mean, and you can maneuver and maximize this process more so than just whether it's getting an offer or just going to school. I mean, obviously, everybody wants to make it to the NFL, but we know the statistics there, and I'm not going to draw that in, but there's a lot of different opportunities where guys make a lot more money than the guys that make it to the NFL, <laughs> which...
1: For for a long time, opportunities are limitless oppurt- if you want to be in this thing. Opportunities are limitless, They really are. Man.
0: Goody, man, really appreciate it. Like you said, man, make yeah. sure you guys have a plan education when you're going through this process and take advantage coming in with a, with a level of gratitude when you're going this, because when that does happen, man, you can see the different opportunities having a plan and a blueprint. So we offer here the blueprint to success coaching program, six months, guys going through this process, making sure that you understand your weaknesses, your strengths, and what you can take advantage of through this process and make sure that that's going the way that you want it to go. And um, we'll end it with that. So again, Good. Thank you so much for jumping on, man, giving a lot of knowledge and some game for these guys and gals to go through the recruiting process and just the elite sports ecosystem, man. So I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Always great catching up, J.K.
0: Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Blue Chip Academy. To help navigate the recruiting waters, LIG Sports Group put together a Blue Chip Recruiting Checklist. Download your checklist at LIGsports.com Blue Chip Academy to ensure you're making informed decisions through this process. Hit subscribe and check out the LIG Sports Group Football Ops Recruiting YouTube channel. where We will talk about the recruiting and other critical points in the football ecosystem. If you're feeling stressed, confused, or just want to help putting together a blue chip blueprint for you and your son, don't hesitate to book a console call with me at LIGsports.com. Backslash Blue Chip Academy. Remember, everyone has a different journey. Keep sharpening and remember that you can only go to one school. Just make sure that you have your Blue Chip blueprint together and execute it. Life is good.